everybody. Welcome back to the Bitcoin layer. Block height 803739. Today I have with me a very special guest uh, from South Africa, Haman Bukier, the founder of Bitcoin Academy. Haman, welcome to the Bitcoin layer. How's it? How's it? Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Haman, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. I have been watching all that Bitcoin Academy has been doing in South Africa, um, looking through your videos. So yeah, this is uh, very exciting for me, especially since we've been working on a Bitcoin circular economy and um, that's all we're basically trying to accomplish. So maybe I can start by um, asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, how did you get up uh, the inspiration to start a Bitcoin circular economy? Um... Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, I guess that's I guess it was a long time coming. Um, I I've been I've been obsessed with Bitcoin for a long time. Uh, I was introduced in 2013 uh, by, by by a friend of mine, and I don't know something about it just made sense to me. Um, you know, I've I've always struggled with this idea of um, governance. Um, you know, it, it never quite made sense to me that. You have some people governing over the other over others because you're always going to sit with the problem of who who governs the governing. So um, I think I think one of the things that really influenced me early on was um, was Nelson Mandela's biography, and he opens with this story in his uh, in in the opening chapter. He talks about this idea of who 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 um, who polices the police. You know, uh, if the, if if the police are the ones breaking the rules, then who is it that's checking up on them? So. I've, I've been, I've been sort of thinking about that idea for a very long time. And when I came across Bitcoin, I just was like, Oh shit, this is the first time I've ever seen something that, that there are no rulers. Everybody is, everybody's on the same level. And, um, yeah, that just, that just sort of made intuitive sense to me. Um, so I, I kind of kept it to myself for a long time. Um, and then after, seven, eight years of just being obsessed with Bitcoin on my own in my own little bubble, I, I sort of thought, well, I want to do something more. I want to, I want to do something more to try and help, um, further the cause. Um, cause I believe it can change the world for the better. So I don't, I don't code. I'm not a developer. Um, so I, I figured when I saw what Bitcoin Beach was doing in El Salvador, I thought, well, that's something that I can do. I have an existing, uh, organization that we can, used to start getting the circular economy going um that was in 2021 by that time i'd been running this organization for for almost 10 years and we've been we have kids coming and we have coaches who coach the kids and so on and so i figured well i can do the same thing that they did in el salvador in in el zonte um it's all the all the same building blocks are there and so that those those two kind of things sort of you know just came together and, and that's basically it. <laughs> if you love buying Bitcoin, just like I do, then River is your favorite place to buy it. Purchase Bitcoin with no fees when your dollar cost average and know your assets are held in multi-sig cold storage with 100% full reserves. Plus, River has built their own infrastructure so they don't rely on third-party custodians. There's a new standard in Bitcoin and River is setting it. Get started at River by visiting river.com TBL for five dollars free when you purchase the first hundred dollars in Bitcoin. So uh, you've talked really about um, who governs the police. Uh, maybe if I can ask, I think I know a bit of the history of South Africa in terms of governance. And um, have you, what are the impacts? Maybe you can say you've seen in South Africa as a result of you know the government being the central body um, 
in determining the economy of the, of the whole society. Um, what are the things you see as a result of this in South Africa? Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think, I think there is a very particular um, situation here, which which has informed my my understanding of of the world, obviously, and. I, I was very enthusiastic uh, when South Africa transitioned over to a d democratic system. Um, I was uh, I was a sort of a, in in my early early teenage years when when the first election happened in 1994, um, and you know growing up in in early democratic South Africa, there was a lot of hope. Um, you know, it it was it was quite a mir miraculous situation that the country did not descend into a civil war. Uh, that that was always a real possibility that 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 would happen. There was a lot of infighting within the ANC of who would get control. You know, would it be the Tosas, the 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 Tosa faction or the Zulu faction, the IFP, um, uh, the Inkata Freedom Party or the ANC? So there there was a lot of you know factions, um, a lot of tension between the different races. It, it was a very very volatile situation and. And, and, and when, when democracy happened relatively peacefully, uh, it inspired the world with hope, it inspired South Africans with hope. Um, and then sort of within one generation, um, that government has descended into just absolute corruption. Like it's, it's, it's actually quite sad to see how quickly, um, how quickly sort of democracy failed in South Africa because Today you're sitting with a situation where the the ruling party is is almost completely corrupt, um, and 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 there are there are corruptions at the highest level of government um, all throughout. Um, I mean, the the fact that South Africa is sitting without electricity, where we get power cuts, you know, between six to ten hours a day every single day, it's it's a result of corruption. That's that's all it is. It's not. It's not a lack of resources. It's not a lack of skill. Um, it's just. It's just corruption. And so, I've. I've seen. I've seen a miraculous democracy fail within one generation. And that, that, that's sort of given me a very sobering, uh, sobering perspective on the ability of human beings to 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 govern um, at a large scale. Um, I think that's maybe why I'm so passionate about decentralized systems because. I think decentralization is the only way that people can 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 live together. The more power you concentrate in a few hands, the more likely it is that that power will corrupt people. And I've seen that very close to home. <laughs> well, um, it's interesting you brought that, brought that up. I've been thinking recently about democracy and um, Bitcoin, how Bitcoin can uh, actually influence democracy. Because we have countries already in Africa that have dictatorship. So they are fighting to get out of dictatorship to get into democracy, whereas the countries that are in democracy and um, we feel like Kenya is supposed to be a democracy, I, think, I guess, and um, we are in a downward spiral. So how does Bitcoin come in in terms of decentralization? Maybe you can show us, um, we talk about government making changes. How can Bitcoin make changes directly to people without uh, depending on centralized government? Yeah, I mean, look, um, look, I'm, I'm very grateful for, 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 for the democratic institutions in South Africa. I'm not, I'm not saying that, 
that democracy is a complete and utter failure. I mean, I would rather live in a democratic South Africa than in a authoritarian communist China, for example. Um, I would rather live in, in a South Africa that, that gives people the freedom of choice where you can marry who you want. You can, you know, have a relationship with you and ra rather than to live in a country. I mean, there are some African countries there where, where things like being gay is still illegal and punishable by, by death. Um, I, I'm very grateful for the democratic institutions we have in South Africa, but it's just, it's clear that, that there's a long way to go. Democracy doesn't solve all our problems. Democracy is like a step in the right direction, but, but it's, it's, it's by, it's by far not, it's far from a perfect system. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever have a perfect system, but I, I think that, I think at the very least, what Bitcoin can do is it can, it can, it can maybe just in, introduce a, a sense of accountability, you know? Um, I mean, look in South Africa, the government in South Africa is borrowing money at an, at, at, at an alarming rate. So in South Africa, we have a very small tax base. And I'm, I'll just talk about the situation here because that's the only one I'm really familiar, intimately familiar with. But so we have a very small tax base in South Africa, a very small percentage of people paying most of the tax. And that, that tax base is shrinking. And the government has a very large obligation to the, to the, to the, to the citizenry, um, with social benefits and free healthcare and free education. So government in South Africa is spending way more money than what they are generating through tax revenue. And they are borrowing to make up the difference. And that's the same story in many countries around the world. Um, uh, very similar to what's going on in the US, except in the US, they're printing, printing money in South Africa. Most of it is borrowed, I think. Um, but if you, if you introduce a money like Bitcoin, it just brings a, 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 a sense of accountability into the equation. Like you can only borrow so much if, if there's no one, you know, if, if, if you don't have this money printer that is just keeps generating money, then you don't have that much ability to borrow. And so I think, I think Bitcoin will just bring a little bit more. How can I put it? We should, we should have a way to, to, to almost like force politicians to think a little bit more carefully about where they're spending money. You know, um, South Africa's ruling political elite are in some cases building monuments that are costing millions, millions of rands while there's people that are, that are starving, um, starving on the street. And it's almost as if, it's almost as if there's no, there is no accountability. There's not, there's not enough, um, consideration for where the money is going to. And I think it's, I think it's because there's no end to their ability to borrow. I think if there was a, if there was a full stop somewhere, they, they would have to think more carefully about where they're borrowing, what are they borrowing for? Um, and, uh, and can they ever pay it back? Um, and, and I think Bitcoin could do that. I mean, I don't know. I think so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Yeah, um, so one thing that's notable about South Africa is the income uh, distribution. Um, there's a really wide gap between the rich and the, and the poor. And um, so in Kenya, we have, we're home to, I think, one of the largest slums um, in Africa, Kibera. And um, I've seen organizations coming, the government coming, trying to change the livelihood of people in the slums. But uh, we're not addressing the root cause, which is the money. Um, that's one thing I've seen. And um, I know that your recent is in a township in 
ourselves. So yeah, maybe we can be able to like uh, tell us the situation there. How how is it in the day of a life uh, of a person living in that culture? I mean, you know, it's yeah, it's 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 a very difficult circumstance to live under. Um, I, I wouldn't know. I didn't grow up in a township. I've I've spent I've spent most of my adult life uh, working in the township. So I go there on a daily basis. I interact with people who are from there. The coaches that I um, that I employ with Bitcoin Ikasi are all from from the township. Um, the organization that I run and that I have been I've been running this organization for more than a decade, and it's focused exclusively on on a township. So. I probably know more about the township than, than than most privileged people in South Africa, but I will never know exactly what it's like to to live there because I I've, I've never lived there. I've only worked there, but that's very different. It's very different to go in, work there, come back to my to my normal house and and live here. So, you know, that's 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 a very tough question, and I can only imagine that it's a very very difficult circumstances to to live under. Um, I mean, I've seen it firsthand. I've I've more experience with children from the township than most privileged people, um, because I that's that's the job I do. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 tough. And and like you say, the root cause. I mean, what is the root cause? I I don't know. I from my perspective, I think the root cause really. I I don't know what the root cause is, but I know I know what a potential solution is. And and if I can put it this way, the the shortcoming that I see in South Africa's townships and, and something that really needs to be addressed is this idea of taking responsibility for the situation that you're in. And it's a very difficult thing to try and teach a person because it is a very difficult situation. Um, you know, and I mean, I, I feel quite comfortable to, to, to be teaching that and to be working with people and try and teach that lesson because I, I come from the perspective of, of recovery from drug addiction. So I'm, I'm a recovering drug addict. So I know, I know what it's like to, to be stuck in a, in a, in a completely fucked up situation that is totally shit with, you can't see a way out. You don't know how you're going to get out of this situation. And, the only way out of that situation is to take responsibility, to take ownership of the situation and say, look, this is, this situation is fucked up. It's unfair. Um, it shouldn't be this way, but there's only one person that can change this. And that's me. Um, I didn't cause this situation. The cause of this situation is in the past. That's, that's, that's the, that's the original cause. That's where it comes from. But I can't change my situation by going back to the past. I can only change my situation by taking ownership. Um, and, and that's what we've been trying to teach since we started this organization back in 2010. And, and Bitcoin kind of like just sort of falls in line with that. It's, it's, Bitcoin has a very, very similar ethos to it. You know, you've got to take ownership. Um, and if you do take ownership, um, I think there is a way out of it. Um, I don't think South Africa's government has the ability to solve this situation. Um, I just don't see that happening. They, 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 they're struggling to keep the lights on, literally. <laughs> so, so it's, it's hard to see that, that, that they'll step in and, 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 and have some sort of a solution. I think people will have to take ownership and, and do whatever they can. Um, and one thing that they can do is to save in Bitcoin. Um, that's, that's what we've been encouraging since, since day one. So, uh, it's fantastic you're not bringing up the 
Um, so maybe I wanted you to take us through some of the projects you work on. I've been seeing you. I'm, I'm impressed you managed to recruit merchants, even in the township. Um, I think we're at a time where really the orange pillar person, but trying to get a merchant to accept Bitcoin, but you've managed to do that uh, quite well um, at, at the township. So how do you do it? Maybe give us a few tips on how we can go about it. Um. I mean, so 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 the approach the approach I take is to um, is to work with people who who actually live in the township, and I'm not I'm not the one onboarding the shops. What what I do is I I coach the coaches, and so we have we have a group of so at the moment we have um, we have seven six or seven seven people working full time for the organization. Um, the 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 actual organization is called the Surfer Kids, and it's a it's a group of coaches who who teach young children how to surf, um, and it it just keeps them off the streets. You know, it gets the kids out of trouble. It gives them positive role models. So those coaches, they live in the same township as the children, and that's been very important from the beginning because I can't expect the children to learn anything if they can't identify with the coaches that are teaching them. So they got to be able to look at that coach and say, look, that coach comes from the same place that I come from. So if the coach can do this, then I can do it too. I won't be able to teach the children because I don't come from the same place they come from. They won't be able to identify with me. So the coaches are the ones from, from the very beginning, I've, I focused on the coaches to try and get them to onboard the shops because it's a very similar situation. If, if, if I had to go to one of these shops and start explaining about Bitcoin, um, they wouldn't be able to identify with me and 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 listen as if I speak speak their language, um, but the coaches the coaches do speak their language. Um, the coaches come from the same same environment. The coaches have the same struggles. They have the same challenges, the same obstacles. So it it is in fact the coaches that have onboarded um, all the shops. Um, one one of the coaches in particular who's been working for us the longest. His name is Lutando. Um, uh, he's uh, Lutando SABTC on Twitter. Um, so he's actually the one onboarding all the shops. And so my job really was to educate the coaches on Bitcoin. So to give them the tools that they can then take to the shops and say, okay, look, let's look at this. Let's talk about that. And then, and then they would come back from the shops and we would sit and strategize together and we would, and we would say, okay, we can't get this guy on board. Let's try a different approach. Let's try this. So. So my focus has always always been to to work very closely with a, with with a group of coaches, but then to let the go, coaches go out in the community and um, because they then everyone is on the same level. If I go into the township community, it becomes a relationship of 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 that, and and that's because of South Africa's history. Um, that's not something that that we can get away from um, very quickly. Um, it's a it's it's a it, it immediately becomes an imbalanced relationship if I go into the shop and I start trying to convince them. But if the coaches go in there, it's a very equal relationship. And so so that's been our strategy basically. Passport is the Bitcoin hardware wallet you already know how to use. Gorgeous design, sleek interface. Passport makes it easier to than ever to self-custody your Bitcoin. If you've ever been on the fence about taking your Bitcoin off exchanges this one is for you 
Several exchanges that offer Bitcoin have turned out to be bankrupt over the past year. If you leave your Bitcoin there, it may be gone forever. With Passport, it takes just a few minutes to set up and experience the peace of mind that comes with taking your Bitcoin off the exchange and into your own hands. So go to foundationdevices.com and use the code BitcoinLayer for $10 off of your passport or just click the link in the video description. Huge shout out to the sponsors of the Bitcoin Layer. So have the merchants been able to convince their suppliers to also accept payments in Bitcoin? Um, no, no, not yet. Um, the merchants are really big um, cash and carry stores. So to get them on board, we would need a we would need quite a bit of influence. But the merchants do do trade amongst one another. Um, so, you know, we have, for example, we have a barber shop on board and the barber shop would do some of his grocery shoppings at one of the grocery stores we have on board. Um, the grocery store would go to the car wash that we have on board and um, the barber shop would go to a mechanic. So we have, we, we have a, a car wash, a barber shop, uh, we've got a mechanic, we have a a couple of grocery stores, we have a little takeaway restaurant, and these are all very small corner stores in the township, and they they do they, they do trade in between one another. Um, but we haven't yet uh, gotten any major um, um, sort of uh, wholesale stores on board yet. That that's a whole different whole different ball game. Um, I mean, there is uh, the South African company Crypto Convert that have uh, enabled Lightning payments at pick and pay. Um, but pick and pay, pick and pay is a very large grocery chain, but it's not exactly. It's more a it's more a place where you would you would go grocery shopping. It's not really the kind of place where you would go to buy bulk uh, supplies. Um, but I mean, it, it it will happen. You know, it's it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Um, I've seen the videos that went viral with the kids. I think staying at pick and pay. That was really good. So and I've, I've had. Uh, teachings that you teach them. I'm sure you take them through the whole Bitcoin um, course as it is, um, even with the philosophy behind it. That is really impressive. So, are there any challenges you've been undergoing? Uh, we can talk about volatility, especially since merchants are also accepting Bitcoin payments. Um, how do you get to address this with the merchants, or even with the, the ones that you're paying? Yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of challenges. Um, you know, um, yeah, I, I think the biggest I think the biggest challenge really is um, is the complete and utter failure of the of the public education system in South Africa. So we are dealing with we are we are working with a lot of people who have a very 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 low uh, level of literacy. So reading and counting and calculating skills um, there's there's a there's a there's a, a severe lack of that, and and that makes it difficult, you know. Um, that that makes it really difficult. Lutando, Lutando, and the other coaches deal with that a lot of the time. So they would get phone calls um, at random times to come and help some of the shops. They can't figure out the numbers or, or whatever. Um, so that's that's a big challenge. Um, I mean, educating anyone on Bitcoin is difficult if if there's not a basic level of literacy. Um, so we do have an educational program that we are running. Uh, we use the Bitcoin Diploma, which is developed by My First Bitcoin in El Salvador. Um, I mean, they they recently announced that they are incorporating Bitcoin classes into the national curriculum in all public schools in El Salvador, which is incredible. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, we 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 use the same diploma course to try and educate um, 
the coaches and the shop owners. Uh, but it's a very, very slow process. Um, I mean, with, with the children, you know, their, their education there is literally just teaching them how to make transactions. That's all they do for the, you know, from, from the age of seven to, to whatever, 13. Um, it's, it's a very, very basic education where we basically give them a little bit of sats if they do well in their schoolwork and if they show up and they have their good, good attitude. And we basically teach them how to transact. From about 13 years onwards, we start teaching them a little bit more about Bitcoin. So we use the Bitcoin diploma. Um, and then the more senior guys and the shop owners, the coaches, there we try and introduce the Bitcoin diploma. Um, but you really need a basic level of literacy if you're going to, if you're going to learn to learn how Bitcoin works. Um, but I mean, education is, education is, is, is the foundation of this whole project. We can't, we can't do it with, it, it would be very irresponsible to do this if we did not put education first. Let me put it that way. And how many can you say you've been within the circular economy? How many people can you, um, accounts have been, have been impacted by the activities of the circular economy? Yeah, so that's that's a good question. I mean, I think it's a really important question. Um, um, I think I think there are two really important questions, and that's 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 the first one. So we have we have six uh, seven people that work for the organization uh, full time, and they earn a hundred percent of their salaries in Bitcoin. So they don't they 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 work uh, Monday to Friday or Tuesday to Saturday, five days a week, eight hours a day. Um, these are people who they, they work as lifeguards, they work as um, uh, surf coaches, they work as uh, project leaders in the community. Um, and then we have another five people that work part time. Uh, these are mostly uh, kids that are uh, almost done with high school. So they would be in like grade 10, 11 or 12 about to finish high school. So they would go to school, come back from school and then work after school. Uh, Tuesday to Friday and then Saturday and they also earn their entire salary in Bitcoin. So that's 11, 11 people that are earning Bitcoin on a weekly basis and they spend most of that Bitcoin at the shops in the township uh, spread out between about 15, 15 shops and those 15 shops have about I would say there's a, on average there's about two business owners per shop so that's 30 people so if you count all the all the business owners plus all the coaches it's about 40 people between 40 and 50 people and then we have additionally we have a program where we um where where, where we paint the shacks of people who live in the township and so we've painted some pretty cool logos we painted uh, recently we painted the human rights foundation btc pay server um, we're going to start painting more um, African logos. Um, so we're working on two two now, but I can't say yet what they are. And so the people who live in those shacks, um, we pay them in Bitcoin too. Um, it's not a lot. It's like $3 a week. So it's very little. Um, but there's about another, I would say another 20, 20 people. So all in all, it's between 50 and 60 people that are encountering Bitcoin, transacting with Bitcoin, saving in Bitcoin um, on a weekly basis, if not every day. So it's it's not large amounts, it's not massive amounts of money, but we try and we try and spread it out as far as possible. Um, and I think with the next bull run there will be a lot more interest that comes in organically. Um, 
So, yeah, and, and I mean, I think the second question that's really important is um, the extent to which those sats flow in the local economy. So the idea, obviously, is to spend as Bitcoin without converting to fiat. Um, and there it's a little bit more tricky to measure, you know, because you can't, you can't keep a record of exactly what people are doing with their money. It's their money. <laughs> um, so it's a little bit more difficult to measure. But in terms of the number of people, I would say it's, it's anywhere between 40 and 60 people. Okay. That's, that's really very impressive. Um, so I recently saw that uh, Bitcoin Ecosy will be um, organizing uh, the conference uh, of Bitcoin Got to meet you at uh, the Africa Bitcoin conference. That was really interesting. So maybe you can give us an overview on, uh, yeah, what can we expect when we come to South Africa? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm definitely not, uh, not alone in, in doing this. Um, the conference will actually be hosted by Machankura. Um, so Machankura is the, is the official host. Um, I think. I think the main reason, like, so we, we, as Bitcoin Ikasi can't actually host the conference because we're, when we were a non-profit, so we can't, we can't really do, we can't really trade or, or and, well, we, we gotta be careful because we, we don't want to lose our non-profit status. Um, but, um, so we, we're hosting the conference together with Machankura, but officially Machankura is the host and, uh, Kotatsu and myself, um, plus, two more people from um, the Adopting Bitcoin brand in El Salvador, plus one person who's a local uh, organizer. So the five of us are kind of working together. We are the we are the main organizing committee, I would say. Um, and then we've got a team of local volunteers who've jumped on board to help us organize. So all in all, there's at least 10 people working on this. Um, and, and I don't do more than the rest of them. So... Uh, yeah, but hopefully we can pull it off. Uh, I think it's going to be an, an amazing experience. I think uh, I think we have a unique uh, perspective that we can offer to attendees in terms of uh, a Bitcoin conference that's not not quite the same as anything else that's out there. So, you know, we have this situation in South Africa where we essentially have the government uh, retreating and sort of leaving a vacuum where. You know, the most obvious example that, that is very easy to understand is the electricity situation where, you know, 15, 15 years ago, South Africa had a perfectly functional grid. We, we never had power cuts. We, we had a completely stable grid, uh, enough electricity for everyone in the country. Um, and now 15 years later, we cannot produce enough electricity to, to feed the country. Um, and it's a massive shortfall. I mean, yesterday we had nine hours of power cuts. The day before that, we had 10 hours of power cuts. I mean, that's almost, that's almost half the day. And that's within a matter of 15 years, right? And the reason that's happened is because the infrastructure, the grid, the power stations, all that infrastructure has not been looked after. It's not been maintained um, and it's not been developed. And the money that has been paid both by consumers when they pay their electricity bills, but also by government subsidies, that money is being stolen through corruption. And so the government is sort of like falling apart under its own weight of just under its own corrupt weight. And 
and and people in South Africa have no choice but to come up with their own alternatives, you know, which is what we call para, parallel institutions. So institutions that, that exist in parallel to the government and actually fulfill the same function, but it's not run by government, it's run by private individuals. And so we want to see where that overlaps with Bitcoin, because the people that are building those institutions are going to need a form of money that is not corruptible. Um, you know, it's it's all it's all great that we're building parallel institutions, but if the money collapses, then what happens to all that effort? So we want to see where that overlap happens. We're we're inviting some of the biggest speakers in the parallel institution space, uh, people that have done amazing things in terms of um, building out um, infrastructure where government has failed, um, and then we want to invite some 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 cool Bitcoiners. We want to put everyone in a room and see what happens. <laughs> Because um, I like how Bitcoin can really interact with a lot of things, and um, I'm, I'm sorry about the power shortages in South Africa. I really see them. Or I don't know. I will be able to survive with a nine hour. We usually complain even when it's three hour, but um, oh well. Um, we'll get it sorted out. So um, uh, yeah. Th thank you so much, um, Haman. Maybe I wanted to. Say, uh, could you please tell our viewers where they can be able to reach you? Um, I know also that uh, Bitcoin Academy ran on a donation only, and uh, how has a donation only? So I'm guessing Bitcoin has also impacted your means of receiving donations back then when you were just a faculty to now this Bitcoin Academy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I am. Um, I mean, one one of the reasons why I I I decided to do this is because I I can I can see where where the Surfer Kids has the right has the right mission. We want to empower people, but but if if you incorporate Bitcoin to that, the mission just becomes global. And now all of a sudden, we are not just one little small organization operating here on the southern tip of Africa that no one knows about. We're connected to a global network of people who all have more or less the same goal, which is the empowerment of everyday people. Um, you know, so incorporating Bitcoin into the organization has made a massive difference. Um, we, we have a much wider reach. Um, we have a wider donor base. It's easier to donate uh, because Bitcoin can be sent uh, instantly anywhere in the world, almost at no cost. Uh, small amounts can be sent as easily as large amounts. It's not necessary to send to send large amounts. Fundraising on Bitcoin is is just so much easier. Um, you you don't have to worry so much about international uh, restrictions on moving money when you want to reach out to a global audience. Um, but I think most importantly is just that our mission now connects to people who are on the other side of the planet. Uh, and essentially, we've aligned our mission to a much, a much wider mission. We want to, you know, I, I can have a very limited impact in this little small part of the world, but if I help to push forward Bitcoin adoption together with a whole bunch of other people, you know, people like yourself, people all over the world, together we can have a much, much, much bigger impact and and change something for the better. Um, whereas if I work on my own. I will have a very small impact on a small number of people, really. So 
it makes much more sense for me you know my 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 my, my big goal going forward is is to to run bitcoin ikasi but also to reach out to other non-profit organizations and to and to pitch this idea to them and to say look all the things that you're doing maybe you're feeding homeless people maybe you are helping veterans maybe you are you know battling against pollution environmental destruction maybe you are i don't know whatever your your ngo your npo is doing think about think about switching your organization to a bitcoin standard because actually if we change the money for the better then a lot of the work that we do as non-profits actually become unnecessary uh in a world running on a Bitcoin standard. And that's what we want. I mean, the work that I'm doing with the nonprofit, I, I want to see a world where the work that I do is not necessary. The, I do what I do because the world is not as good as it can be. The work I do needs to be done because there's a long way to go. And I think if we actually move nonprofits and NGOs onto the Bitcoin standard, they will have a much bigger impact. I think you know, I, 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 I refer to myself, but the work I was doing before is kind of like putting a plaster on the wound. Um, whereas introducing a Bitcoin standard is kind of like healing the wound uh, from within, if that makes any sense. Um, looking forward to seeing everything that Bitcoin Ikasi accomplishes. Um, I'm a huge fan of your work. And uh, maybe you can tell us... <laughs> Where can uh, our viewers reach you? Um, I mean, I, I guess Twitter is the easiest place. Uh, we have a website, which is bit, bitcoinikasi.com. Um, on Twitter, the handle is at bitcoinikasi. Uh, we're also on Noster. Um, I check DMs on Twitter um, as often as I can. Otherwise, there's a contact form on the website where they can send us an email. Okay. Um, thank you for joining us on the Bitcoin Lab, Cool, it's only a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Special thanks to River for sponsoring this channel. Purchase Bitcoin with no fees when you dollar cost average and know your assets are held in massive cold storage with 100% full reserves. Plus, River has built their own infrastructure so they don't rely on third-party custodians. There's a new standard in Bitcoin and River is setting it. Get started at River by visiting river.com TBL and receive $5 for free when you buy $100 in Bitcoin or click the link in the video description.